the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The vine dresser tends to the branches, prunes them, cares for them for the purpose of bearing fruit. That, that's the only use of the vine and the branch is to bear fruit. That's, listen, that's your purpose. You're the branch. I'm the branch. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose in this life is to bear fruit for God. And we're really good for nothing else. Most of us aren't very familiar with grapevines. When we find this metaphor in Scripture, we may have a romanticized view of a beautiful vineyard and the gardener gently caring for it. While we're certainly cared for by the gardener, the metaphor goes much deeper than that. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, grapevines are essentially useless in every way apart from bearing fruit. If they aren't doing that, the gardener will cut them away to make space for producing vines. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 15 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God doesn't just, you know, pull these three parables out of the air arbitrarily or randomly. When he talks about a vine and when he talks about an unfaithful wife and he talks about shoots growing out of a, of a tree. These, these are full of meaning. These are full of symbolism for the Jewish people. Now, remember, remember the false prophets that are both in Jerusalem and Babylon. They're telling people God would never judge you. God's never going to condemn you. God's never going to destroy Jerusalem. He's never going to destroy the temple. And the reason they were, they were giving for why God would never bring judgment upon them or upon their city, Jerusalem, or upon their temple is because you're God's special vine. It's all throughout the scriptures. You're God's vine. And you are the wife of Jehovah. The people of Israel are described in the scriptures as the wife of Jehovah. God wouldn't divorce his wife. And God promised that out of the stump of Jesse, Isaiah chapter 11, out of David's family will grow a shoot, a new branch from the old root who will rule forever. Speaking of the Messiah. So God's not going to harm the tree that's going to bring forth the Messiah. So you see what God's doing now. God's going to talk about a vine He's going to talk about an unfaithful wife and he's going to talk about shoots coming out of a tree. And he does this to really knock down their false sense of security. God's never going to do this to us, not our people, not the Jewish people, not the Hebrews. We're we're the special vine. We're the wife of God. 
out from us will come the Messiah. And they had this false sense of security. There are people who have a false sense of security in their relationship with God. And, and you you've know people like that. You, you talk to some people and they'll, about their relationship with God and they say you know, things like, well, I, I, was, uh, I was baptized as a kid. Or I was dedicated as a kid. Or I was confirmed. Uh, or I, I, I used to be a deacon in my church. Or I used to be involved in this ministry. We'd, we'd go out on a Friday night. We'd go out in the streets and pass out tracts and pray with people. And, and all those things are wonderful and great. But, but what about now? Are you abiding in Christ now? Is there a relationship there now? And sometimes people have kind of this false sense of security because of something that God did in their life a long time ago or something that they did for the Lord a long time ago and they're trusting and oh, I used to do this, I used to be involved in that. And, but what about now? Are you abiding in Christ now? That's, that's, that's what's important. And again, we don't want to have a false sense of security in our relationship with the Lord. We, we want our relationship with the Lord to be current. So verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 15. So then the word of the Lord came to me. Again, they're sitting in Ezekiel's living room there in Babylon. He's sitting with the elders. The word of the Lord came to him again, saying, Son of man, how is the wood of the vine better than any other wood? The vine branch, which is among the trees of the forest, is wood taken from it to make any object or can men make a peg from it to hang any vessel on? Instead, it is thrown into the fire for fuel. The fire devours both ends of it and its middle is burned. It is, is it useful for any work? Indeed, when it was whole, no object could be made from it. How much less will it be useful for any work when the fire has devoured it and is it is burned. Now, he talks about a vine here. Many times in the scriptures, God used the vine or a vine to illustrate as an illustration of the nation of Israel. There's a bunch of examples. I'm just going to give you a couple. Uh, again, if you're taking notes, you can jot down Psalm 80. Psalm 80, verses 8 and 9 say, uh, You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it. The vine that he brought out of Egypt. That's, that's the children of Israel, right? The Exodus story coming out of Egypt. He cast out the nations, the Canaanite nations in the promised land, and he planted them in the promised land. Uh, another passage, Isaiah chapter 5. This is maybe the best known example from the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 5. Again, here Israel is compared to a vineyard. Uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. God says, what more could I could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? 
Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it shall be burned and break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. Then he tells us in verse seven, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. So he tells us there that he's talking about the house of Israel when he's describing this vineyard that he has planted. He's, he's cleared the land. He's removed the rocks. He's planted the vineyard. He's built a tower. He's put a hedge around it for protection. And God even says, what more could I have done to make this, this vineyard fruitful? But it kept bringing forth wild grapes, grapes that I couldn't use. And so finally, he tears down the hedge and he burns the vineyard. And he says, briars and thorns will grow up. It's just going to be an abandoned field uh, because he couldn't get it to produce any any fruit. So that's Isaiah chapter five. Uh, Just a couple more for you. Uh, Jeremiah chapter two, verse twenty one. Yet I had planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into this degenerate plant? of an alien vine. You could do a whole study, and I encourage you to do that, of just how God uses the vine and uses the vineyard to illustrate Israel. Uh, In the New Testament, Jesus does as well. In Luke chapter 20, Jesus told the parable, if you remember, of the man who planted a vineyard and then he leased out the vineyard. Uh, And then when it came time to collect the rent, to collect his portion of the harvest, he sent his servants, uh, he sent his servant to the vine dresser that had rented the land and the vine dresser uh, mistreated the servant. And so he kept sending servants to the vine dressers and they kept abusing the servants and even killing some of the servants. And then finally, the owner of the vineyard says, I'll send my son because I know they'll respect my son. And they decide if we kill the son, then we can just take the land and the land will be ours. And it's a parable about the nation of Israel and God planting them in the land, God providing for them, God sending prophets to them and they abused the prophets and killed some of the prophets. And then finally, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to them and they thought, we'll kill him. He's the heir and then everything will belong uh, to us. So, again, we just see this all throughout the scriptures, this use of the vine and the vineyard to describe Israel. The the people in Ezekiel's day, they they believed, you know, that God would never judge them or destroy them or wipe them out because they are God's special vine. And he would never do that to his own vine and his own vineyard. And so they had this uh, this false sense of security because they were God's special vine. Vine, but if you look at verse two, what God says here, it's very it's very important what he says here, and it has a lot of application for us, what he says in this short little chapter In verse two, God tells Ezekiel to compare the wood of the grapevine to the wood of other trees of the forest like oak or maple, right, or mahogany, uh, any other kind of wood. And the point that he makes here is you cannot use grape wood 
to build anything. I mean, none of you have ever seen a coffee table made out of grape wood or a salad bowl made out of grape wood. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You can't use grape wood to make anything. Well, why not? Think about a grapevine. They're twisted and mangled and crooked and gnarly. You can't get wood out of that that's usable. You can't get boards out of a grapevine to make anything. Then in verse 3, he says, you can't even make a peg out of grape wood to hang something on it. Because grape wood's very soft and flimsy. You you can't even make a peg to hang a a pot on or to hang your coat on. Uh, You you can't, the point is, you, you can't make anything out of grape wood. Well, then he goes on to say, okay, you can't make anything out of it. Uh, You can't build anything from it. You can't use the wood for anything. Well, what if you try to use grape wood for fuel and burn it? Well, he says it it, it burns up too quickly. Verse 4, that's what he means here. If you throw it into the fire for fuel, the fire devours both ends of it and and in the middle it it burns. So it, it burns too quickly. So grape wood's not even good for burning. So you can't make anything from it. You can't burn it really for, for fuel. And here's, here's the point he's making. The grapevine is good for nothing except for bearing fruit. The grapevine is good for nothing except for bearing fruit. That, that's the only thing a grapevine is useful for, bearing fruit. It's useful for the fruit that it bears. If the vine is not bearing fruit, there's nothing else you can do with it. It's worthless. It's useless at that point. And what is God saying through this parable? He's saying, yes, Israel is God's special vine, but they are not bearing fruit for God and they haven't been bearing fruit for a long time. And so they are worthless to God. They are of no use to God because the only thing of of a vine is good for is for bearing fruit. They're not bearing fruit. He can't do anything else with them. And so they're useless. Now, in John 15, I want you to turn there. Jesus tells a parable about a vine. Very familiar passage. John 15. I want us to look at this together because this, he's talking to disciples in John 15. John 15, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Jesus says, I'm I'm the true vine, not Israel. As we've seen in Ezekiel, Israel did not bear fruit for God. Jesus says, "I'm, I'm the authentic vine because Jesus was faithful to the father and Jesus obeyed the father and Jesus did bear fruit for the father. So he's the true vine. He's the one who did it right. He goes on to say, every branch in me 
that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. So he says here in this parable, Jesus is the vine and we as Christians, we are the branches. Those who are in Christ, every branch in me, those who are in Christ and the vine, of course, the vine feeds the branches with nutrients and the vine dresser. That's the father. The vine dresser tends to the branches, prunes them, cares for them for the purpose of bearing fruit. That, that's the only use of the vine and the branch is to bear fruit. That's listen, that's your purpose. You're the branch. I'm the branch. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose in this life is to bear fruit for God. And we're really good for nothing else. You know, know, this is one of those passages that uh, when you first read it, you're like, yeah, Jesus is the vine. I'm the branch. I abide in him. I bear fruit. I'm just a vine. I'm just a branch attached to the vine. And it has kind of this like nice romantic thing. But once you start to dig into scriptures, you realize, well, well, branch is not really good for anything other than bearing fruit. Can't make anything out of it. Can't really burn it for fuel. Wait a minute, God, what are you saying about me? It's kind of like how the Bible talks about how we're sheep. Oh, we love that. Oh, we're sheep. Jesus is my shepherd. You know, the good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm just a sheep. Well, then you learn about sheep and you're like, well, man, sheep are pretty dumb. What does that say about me? I'm pretty helpless without the Lord is what it means. Well, hey, you're 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 just a, a great branch. Your only purpose is to bear fruit. And you're not really good for anything else. I'm not really good for anything else. Why not? Well, because I'm kind of twisted and crooked. Can't really make anything out of me other other than just bearing fruit. You can't really. I'm just too twisted and crooked. And I'm pretty soft and flimsy. I wouldn't even make a good peg to hold up a coat. Do you see? The only thing you're good for, the only thing I'm good for is bearing fruit. Is bearing fruit for God. Well, well, what kind of fruit? Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit. The New Testament also talks about the fruit of holiness the fruit of righteousness. It talks about the, the, the fruit of our lips, which is the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. We're to bear fruit for God. And, and we're not really good or useful for much of anything else. And, and look what it says here. God, again, God's goal for every Christian is not only that we would bear fruit, but that we would increase and bearing fruit in our lives. In verse 2, he talks about the branch that bears no fruit, that it would bear more fruit in verse 2. So we go from no fruit to more fruit. Uh, In verse 5, to much fruit. In verse uh, 16, he talks about fruit that remains, or remaining fruit, lasting fruit. Down in verse 16. And then in verse 8, he tells us that fruitfulness is the proof of true discipleship. 
according to verse 8. Again, not, not yeah, why well, I was baptized when I was a kid, or a kid, or I went forward for an altar call when I was a teenager at a youth camp, or, or I used to be part of this ministry, or I was a deacon in my church, or I would... But are you bearing fruit now? Is there fruit? Are you increasing in fruitfulness in your life? Are you talking about fruit that you had several seasons ago? Do you have fruit this season in your life? Is it fruit that remains? Because that's the proof of a true disciple. Look what Jesus says here in verse 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. How do we bear fruit for God? By abiding in Christ. By staying connected to him. Fruitfulness doesn't come by our efforts or our energy or our, our, our works. It's not something that we produce in our flesh. It comes from simply abiding in Christ. It is the natural result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. How, how, do, you, how do you abide in Christ? Well, through prayer, through spending time in, in the word, meditating on scripture, through through worship, through fellowship, as we're doing here tonight, fellowship with other believers, through obeying his his commands. Describing abiding in Christ is simple to describe. It's difficult to do, though. And, and I would say, too, with this with this shutdown that we've all been under for so many months, in some ways it has become harder to abide in Christ. It's just more challenging for us. That doesn't give us a pass. It doesn't mean like, well, we can take our foot off the gas of abiding in Christ during the pandemic. No. It, it just means we, we have to be more intentional now about abiding in Christ. We, we have to be more uh, deliberate about abiding in Christ. We've we got to put more into that relationship now because we do have so many challenges to abiding in Him. But we still want to abide in Him so that we bear much fruit, fruit that remains. A fruitless branch is useless. A fruitless branch is good for nothing else. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. 
If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize 